0: And it's episode 21, Ah, more on world building. Alright, first up we're going to do some technical notes here, as usual. Technical notes up first. Um the big thing going around Anchor is they're doing a monetization thing. I've thought about it and right now I think I'm just gonna keep the podcast totally and completely free, not even put it in that little chip jar there. Wanna build up some listenership and you know, debating whether to make a part of a Patreon next year, really next year. So I'm still thinking about all that. So let's start off the media this episode with a call in from Goblin Stomper.
1: Hey, man, it's Goblin Stomper from the Goblin Stompcast, also GoblinStomper.blogspot.com. And I've just been checking out a bunch of your episodes, all good. I listened, last thing I heard I think was the world-building episode. Uh, you know, I just start with a map, some dots on the map. I drop the players into a place, I give it a name, and I go. And that is literally how my entire campaign setting for the last three years has been built. Uh, I let the players sandbox it a bit. I do a little bit of build out, uh, but for the most part, it is completely created on the fly. And it's, I think, very inspirational. It's a lot of fun. The discovery is there for the players and for me. So as they're unraveling, I'm unraveling. That's pretty neat. Keep it up. I'm digging all your casts, the long ones, the shorter ones. Be cool. Talk soon.
0: And thanks for calling in. Yeah, you're right. As a DM, I want to be surprised, too. And it, it's fun to go on that uh, journey of discovery with the player characters, too, and have you know, be just as surprised as they are when things happen, either during a game session or encounter or in the world overall. Like I said, thanks for calling in. And I just realized, did I say episode 20 or 21 at the beginning? I, I don't remember. I should go back and play it. But anyway, since this is a lot of stream of consciousness, so yeah, it's really episode 21, so excuse me if I can't count. Anyway, this episode's going to be the sort of the, the wrap-up of the general world-building rant that I started a few episodes ago. Here we go. All right. First, I want to say, well, one thing. That I, I have done more detailed worlds in the past, and like I said so many times, it's, you know the, the player characters ignored a lot of it, and it was a lot of work for basically nothing. And uh, I've decided later on in life, due to time restraints and everything else, to go for the much lighter and much more... Improv version of world building. And a lot of that is um, kind of thinking in two ways. Your actual encounters are, well, I'm a veteran, so I'll put it this way tactical thinking. Well, your world building is strategic thinking. So when you're strategic thinking, you're not really worrying about the little details, it's the big picture. And that's what world building is, is making that big picture. Now, you know that they're going to have encounters with NPCs in villages and towns and cities. And, like I was saying when you're doing cities, of having you know a hook for each major city. And if it's an unimportant village, you know, just let it be an important village. And also, for, for part of this whole world, world-building exercise, I wanted to go back to the way I did it in my very, very first D&D campaign. Or at least be inspired how I did it in my first D&D campaign when we got the the Basic Box, the Homes Edition, and Keep on the Borderlands. That's all I had. And, well, we had Greyhawk to the Supplement 4, that we kind of did some extra stuff with, and just sort of fit it in there because we didn't know what the hell we were doing. So basically how I ran that entire campaign was the Keep on the Borderlands was the center of the world, and at the time, you know, the only adventures we had were from TSR. There was no RPG Now, and a lot of the stuff that you got for the game store just kind of happened when it got there. So as more modules came out and I bought them I would just find a place to stick in the world and say hey it's go th- you heard a rumor about three weeks away there's there's this neat place to go adventure. Just made up the NPCs as we went along that's the way we did it. Okay, I've, d- I've done enough crazy rambling let's get down to some details here. So um, last time I talked about cities let's drill down a little bit more. We'll zoom in. We're about like organizations. Primarily you're gonna have Two types of organizations, the thieves' guilds, which may or may not, depending on how you want to do your world, whether there's one big guild in the entire world, or localized guilds, it's entirely up to you. And then organized religious orders, which, once again, going back to the gods, kind of make it up as we go along, depending on what the god of the clerk and the party is. Also, uh, thinking ahead of... You know, you just got to kind of have a, a god in your back pocket for, well, the player characters want to go to a temple. So, make that guide up. And the evil gods, well, yeah, kind of make those up as you go along too, whichever happens to be handiest. But, you know, have those in your back pocket, just like NPCs. You never know what NPC the player, chara- player characters are going to want to run into in a town. Whether someone wants, well, we're going to need an alchemist or whatever. There's plenty of charts you can use to make the personality, and that's the most important thing is the personality of the NPCs rather than their hard game stats. Make those later on if if you need to or just make it up because NPCs remember don't have to follow the same rules as player characters so you can just design them like monsters AC hit die and what they can do. So let's kind of bring all this insane madness that that bounces around in my mind to uh, some sort of organization. A lot of people like comp books, but I don't like you can't rearrange the pages, so the stuff never stays in order if I use one of the standard composition books. I prefer using the three-wing binder and document protectors and just word processors. This way I can change stuff, change out pages, pages, rearrange pages, whatever I have to do. Now I do have one little guideline on this is that if I think something's interesting, either a city, an organization, uh, an NPC, if I can't write or type out a full page on that thing, then it's not as interesting as I thought it was. Now, another thing to remember, and I know I'm rambling, it's it's Sunday morning, I'm recording this earlier before I've had my full daily allowance of caffeine, so it's a bit disorganized. But another thing to remember that I think sometimes even I forg well, I forget sometimes, but I think a lot of the other DMs sometimes kinda put it to the wayside is that the world keeps moving even if the player characters aren't in a place. Or if they went to a place, adventured for a while, then came back to it. So basically, stuff happens off-screen. Now, I've made my own homebrew chart somewhere. There's other ones that are available of a table of what happens, like events in a town, like maybe a plague happens, maybe a war happens, maybe a change of power, maybe something else just to make sure that while they may feel familiar with the place, the place is still changing, the world's still living, and stuff happens whether they're there or not. You know, these things can be random like a chart if it's a certain place, or if the uh, DM has some sort of idea for a huge overarching plot of some villain's grand scheme to do something. You know, build an army, overtake the world, destroy stuff, um, summon an Elder God, whatever. The usual supervillain type crap so like I said at the beginning of this episode let's bring this all together alright step one you come up with the tone of the world painting big broad brushstrokes and fill in as necessary don't be afraid to let the player to do some of that heavy lifting use there what's interesting to them is things to add to the world remember the world is going to be changing whether the player characters are there or not so things will happen outside of their view which they may or may not have to deal with Remember also that if it may be interesting to you as a DM, the player characters may be bored as heck by it. So, don't be afraid, as there's an old writing idiom, to murder your darlings. You may think it's cool, but if the players don't, it doesn't really matter. Don't be afraid to change things mid-campaign, especially if it's something that the player characters haven't been exposed to yet. It's okay to have ideas as you're playing. As a DM, you know, I like being surprised too, and I think a lot of folks do. So, yeah. Like I said, be surprised by things that happen in your world and things that your PCs do. Let them affect it because, well, they're supposed to be the heroes. Oh, and here's one very important thing. You've seen this on lots and lots of blogs, lots of other podcasts. If you're putting in powerful, important NPCs in the world, don't let them be Batman. Don't let them always overshadow the player characters. Don't let them solve the big problems for the player characters. Don't let them rescue the player characters whether they need it or not. They're there. I say more as Mentor, mentors. it's, yes, it's a new monster, the Mentor. <sighs> God, I need more coffee. Anyway, um, let them be the adventure hooks, the quest givers, the, okay, I'll explain this magic item to you, or whatever. Just don't let them overshadow the characters like they're frickin' Batman. And that, dear listeners, is my basic rant on world building. Now, I know I did in that last episode, and it was kind of, I think it was kind of at the beginning of the weekend, so there may or may not be call-ins on it, because, you know, much like you, I have a life. So I didn't get any call-ins on my idea about doing a, a exercise of a world building as an example for Lamentations of the Flame Princess. But I was going ahead, and I was reading stuff and reading stuff, and the ideas just started coming. So uh, I just may actually do that. So we'll see what happens with that one and I think I bored you enough on this episode on world building so let's go on to my next rant for this episode more annoying people I've talked about Kodana guy and other guys on earlier episodes this time I want to talk about what I'm calling forum guy now this isn't your usual forum troll I'm talking about I'm talking about when a new game, a new popular game comes out you'll see maybe one or two people on the forum Start asking questions. Which okay, that's fine to ask questions, and at first they're kind of intelligent and reasonable questions, but then you start getting questions like, "I can't find how you ge- I can't find the section with character generation in the book." Wait, what? What do you mean you can't find character generation in the book? Or, I can't find hit points for fighters. What? What, 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 are, the, what are those? Because I can't find them in the book. And they keep making these excuses of they can't find something that's very obvious in the book. And it becomes very soon, clear very soon, that this person hasn't even bought in the book. They're trying to get, either generate a character or get the whole book a question at a time. Which, come on, these guys just waste everybody's time on a forum. And forums are a big enough waste of time anyway. But, you know, bitching about forums is a whole other episode. I mean, really, just admit that you don't have the book and you want to know more about it, or you're too cheap to buy the book, and you're trying to get everything you need to generate your first character without having to buy the book. You ain't fooling anybody. Ah, uh, I know this episode is shorter than I wanted it to be, but, you know, I'm not going to drone on too long, which I think I have on this. So go ahead, call in more world-building tips, because world-building's fun. Even if you never play it, an important thing is, yeah, you can transfer ideas from world to world. You're the DM. You can do that stuff. You're more powerful than the Tarrasque Duck. Damn it. You can create and destroy worlds at your whim. So thanks for listening, and let me get some more coffee. And thanks for listening. Please visit the blog at blog. That's blog, And the letter B not be spelled out. Or visit us on Facebook. Just search for gazebos ask us questions, and you might get an answer. If not, we'll just make up the questions and the answers. Remember, roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, and have fun. Intro music is Metal Mania by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 3.0 attribution license. Please visit his website at incompetech.com. That's incompetech.com. Really, visit it. There's also downloadable graph paper and hex paper. Additional sound effects from freesound.org, used under Creative Commons 01.0 Universal License.